third down and 20. What is going on? Welcome back. Third and 20 podcast. My name is Frank Edwissel. We've got Mr. Ryan Steed. Oh, yeah, we're back. Congrats on that Braves win. Recording this right after the Braves just won uh, their playoff series. So good for you, Steed. First time since 2001, dude. You know, with the Falcons starting 0-3 and blowing two leads, the city of Atlanta needed something. And the Braves have always been the team of Atlanta. The Falcons think they're the team of Atlanta. But when you just keep Dan Quinn on, no, you're not. But I'll take what I can get. Let's get it. Yeah, you Turn know, that's a good point. You guys really needed something. After the start to this season, it's just been absolutely brutal. You needed something. They uh, Braves now hold the record for a postseason series for most score, uh, scoreless innings, holding a team to the most scoreless innings. We held the Reds to, in 22 innings, to zero runs. Wow, unreal. Some good defense. Maybe maybe they uh, they should tell the Falcons about some defense. Yeah, they should. That, that's something the Falcons could really use. So let's get into the Thursday night pick. If you haven't seen on the website, Steed's Thursday night pick is out. He's taken the Jets at the pick. Um, <laughs> just Now, I'm not sure there's really much to say about this game. This is just, nah. this is just a rough one. <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody knows what this game is. This is the I think it's the worst Thursday night football game of all time. Probably the worst primetime game of all time. It's just, you know, you get two trash teams. This is the toilet bowl, you know. The Broncos have eleven players out. They're starting their third string quarterback, dude from Boise State. Uh and the Jets, you know, they have Adam Gates. And um, you know, you, everybody knows the story behind the Jets. It's just it's gonna be a bad game. Yeah, you know, it's almost so there's going to be three touchdowns scored in this game. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, this this is going to be a rough game. And it, it's weird because each team is doing terribly for different reasons. I think the the Broncos you almost feel for with the amount of injuries. And they already had a young team kind of coming into the season. But they have like, it was like 11 or 10 or 12 starting players on IR or out of the game. It, yeah, it's something it's like absurd the Broncos. like that. Yeah, it's like it's not the Broncos have been playing bad all season. I mean, you know, they lose Von Miller earlier, early in the season before the season even started, and then uh, they play Titans Monday night, played a tough game, and then you know you lose your starting quarterback the next week against the Steelers and Jeff Driscoll, who played decent. You know, you lose him. You know, and like, I mean, dude, if Driscoll was playing this game, I'd probably even take the Broncos because, like you said before, the defense is going like could still make plays. It's just there's just so many players out. Yeah, and not even just that. You know, Cortland Sutton is out. Jural Casey, who is having a phenomenal start to the season they acquired from Tennessee, is also out this game. Um, another one of their pass rushers is out. They do get Bradley Chubb back, and he had a good game last week now that he is coming off of surgery. But it's just that team is decimated. And the Jets, they get Jamison Crowder, a guy that, it was week one against the Bills. I'm pretty sure had a pretty pretty decent game. Um, yeah. And Sam Darnold needed about anything he can get on the offensive side of the ball. When I watched that that Jets-Colts game, it's rough because, granted, Sam Darnold didn't play well, but the Colts just lined up, played one man the entire game, and <laughs> just said, 
we're better than your receivers. We are yeah. just better. We have a better defense than you. We are more athletic, and we're just going to bully you. And they did just that. So hopefully with Jamison Crowder and, and Berrios, Bar- Braxton Berrios has been looking all right for Sam Donald. He's about, you know, last week he was about the only reliable target that he had. So maybe yeah. the Jets are able to scrap something together against um, – because the Colts' defense is right now one of the better defenses in the NFL. They've really fixed the mistakes that they made week one against mm-hmm. the Jaguars, and especially against the run, have been absolutely dominant. So you probably won't see that same level of dominance from the Broncos this week. Yeah, and also just like I know everybody doesn't like Adam Gase or whatever, but I, his job's on the line this week. I, I figure if he loses this game, he's out. So I I don't know the relationship truly with the players. I'm sure the players don't like him either. But, I mean, he's going to come out here expecting to win like every coach should. But, you know, when your job's on the line, you're going to put some added pressure, you know, and try to win this game. Yeah, 100%. And like you said in your article on the 3rd20.com for this game, Adam Gase has that vendetta against Denver. Yeah, dude, he doesn't this like is, him. <laughs> this is a personal game for him, and and even more so now that you're saying his job is on the line. You sh- I'm expecting the, the Jets to come out ready to play. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, even if the players don't respect Adam Gase or don't like him, you have to, like, they the players in that locker room know that their head coach's job is on the line. And I even if I didn't like a head coach, I wouldn't go out there and sandbag like you do. I mean, this is his job, you know, and, and he's and, trying. To and do- it's also your job, you know. Yeah, that that if is. You, you, if you go out there and play bad just because you're a coach, not there's a good chance you're just playing yourself in a hole where you won't get picked up by another team the following year, you know. So at the end of the day, like I know there's no respect there. I think like the way I would address it as if I'm Adam Gase, it'd be like, listen, I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's just play for our jobs tonight, you know? Just put it on the table. Don't try to sugarcoat anything. Just go out there and win. <laughs> yeah, I, this Jets team is under pressure. I mean, we, we already knew coming into the season that this is a team that wasn't going to be winning a, a ton of games. That oh, was no. going to be nowhere near the playoffs. But we would have liked to see a little bit more competitiveness out of the Jets, being in games, not getting completely blown out. Because that game against the Colts was embarrassing. The Colts didn't yeah. need to play offense. You know, the Jets really turned did. the ball over so many times, and the defense scored two touchdowns and a safety. Like, that's that's absurd. It doesn't matter how bad of a team you are. You shouldn't have that happen to you against any team. So hopefully we yeah. get a more competitive game against the Jets. So let's get into this week's picks. Um, I've got a lot of games picked this week. I've got a lot of picks. So I'm going to start off here. And I'm going to start off with the Ravens minus 13 against the Skins. I know it's a it's a mm-hmm. big line, but I think that the Ravens are going to win this game very easily, especially coming off a loss against the Chiefs. They're going to want to come out and, and get their season back on the right track with a big win here against Washington. Yeah, I, I got Ravens minus 13 on my card as well. I just for the same points, you know, like I, we both took chiefs last week and I just still thought like the chiefs are the 
I mean, you kind of like you just saw it, you know. And but the Ravens are going to answer back. The Skins, uh, sorry, Washington football team has okay. not looked good after week one. And like you look at that week one against the Eagles, like the Eagles look like trash. I mean, Carson Wentz not playing well, and that whole team just kind of out of sorts right now. Jalen Rieger's out. Like same old story for the Eagles, you know. Receivers out. And that being said, minus thirteen, you know, like good teams cover the spread, you know, and like I like the Ravens. Good teams win, great teams cover the spread. I like the Ravens just to come out here. I wouldn't be surprised if this game ended up being like forty-two to ten. You know, it's like one of those games. Yeah, and, and no Chase Young for the football team is going to be really tough. You know, he's yeah, been was, a he's been rough. a very big bright spot in that defense. And uh, I, I'm just – I don't like the, the football team's linebacking core up against this Ravens team. Um, I, I think the way that Washington – if they can hang around and, and get a couple stops on defense, they could cover. But I do yeah. not see them winning this game. And for that same reason, I'm going to be taking the Rams minus 13 up against the Giants. This is another game where I just think – yeah, it's a big line, but give me the team that I know has been, been hot and playing well, especially with the Rams coming off a loss against Buffalo, a really tough loss where they came back in that football game. I just don't think the Giants have the talent on defense to be able to stop what the Rams are doing. And, um, and on top of that, I'm teasering these two teams too, six-point teasers to get them both minus seven. I, I really like that teaser this week just to get them one touchdown. Um, you could even do a six and a half point teaser for these teams and throw in your biggest lock uh, mm-hmm. this week. Um, but I, I really like the Rams as well, minus 13. I guess I'm hopefully not taking the bait on these big lines, but I've been really impressed of what I've seen out of Sean McVay. They, I think they should have won that game against the Bills. They got shafted by the refs a little bit towards the end of the game. Um, yeah, they came all the way back. But this is a team that just looks really good. And, you know, I, even though they lost to the Bills, I think right now the Rams look like more of a complete football team than the Bills do. It's just mm-hmm. Josh Allen makes more plays on his own than Jared Goff does. I think that's the difference between the two of them. Yeah, I, I didn't pick the Rams this week. I, like, eh, it's just the Giants look terrible too both new york teams just look like garbage i mean that's been the pre-norm the last couple years but uh i got a pig i like i'm taking all favorites this week now that i'm looking at it uh i got seahawks minus six you know i i'm just planning that russell wilson is going to throw for five touchdowns every game you know you got a minus (laughs) six yeah and uh, who are they playing again? I can't see. The Dolphins. This. Oh, yeah, the Fins. You know, I see, it, it scares me a little bit for the backdoor cover, but I just don't see a world where if I'm going ahead and planning that Russell Wilson throws for another five touchdowns, which has been like a lock every week, that like I don't see the Dolphins really putting up 28 points, you know, somewhere in that range. And – and, and like we said, like the secondary for the Dolphins has not been great. I know they beat the Jags last week. That was a terrible Thursday night football game too. But uh, just give me the better team, you know. Yeah, well, that's interesting because I have the Dolphins plus six and a half on um, 
on here, and I was heavily thinking about taking them. You know, this is an iffy pick just because I, I think this is more of um I want to pick the Dolphins because the spread is a little bit too high for me, more so than I think the Dolphins have a shot at winning this game. Um, I'm just thinking back, you know, you think back to last year's Seahawks once you lose your top running back in Chris Carson. I'm not a huge believer in Carlos Hyde. Um, and Travis Chris Carson Homer. was just off to a great start this year. And, yeah, Travis Homer is nothing more than a receiving back, yeah. in, in my opinion. Um, I think, yes, the obviously we've seen the passing attack of the Seahawks been absolutely electric recently. But now that you, you're getting a, the Dolphins secondary is getting more healthy, they had a great game against Jacksonville. Um, I, I think the Dolphins' defense is being taken a little for granted because you can make a, a good argument that aside from the Patriots, where you know the Seahawks just made plays like for uh, against the Patriots, you had that DK Metcalf really long touchdown against Stephon Gilmore, where if we're being completely honest, I watched it back on tape. That was a pretty good rep by Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he was mm -hmm. close to making that play. It, you know, it's just football, man. That that kind of stuff happens. Um, and, and the Cowboys defense has been absolutely abysmal. So uh, you can make an argument that, at least talent-wise, the Dolphins have the best defense that the Seahawks have played. Because while the, while the Patriots have a notoriously good defense and, you know, have a, a defensive player of the year caliber player like Stephon Gilmore and a really good coach in Bill Belichick, through and through, the Dolphins may have more talent than the Patriots' defense does. You know, they have that, – that's a tough argument to make, but they have three good corners. Noah Igbenogany really stepped up his play last week against the Jaguars. Um, their defensive line, while they haven't been playing well, the Dolphins has just as much talent as the Patriots' defensive line right now, in my opinion. And I think that the Dolphins' linebacking core is a little bit better than the Patriots. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at that Cowboys game in a whole, you know. Like, I, I know Cowboys are a little banged up on defense, too. But, you know, they still have Dexter Lawrence and linebacker Jalen Smith. Uh, their secondary is a little questionable. but Their secondary is very questionable. But they were just able to eat them up alive. And, and you go in the Patriots game, you just look at I, I just think like, this is like for MVP and no one's going to stop him. You know, like I just I just see him lighting it up again this week. And it, it very well the Dolphins could cover, but I, I don't know. I'm just going to have to disagree with you on that one. The, yeah, the Chris, not, Chris Carson being out worries me. Don't let me – I'm not saying this is a lock. It, it, this is like one I'm just kind of like saying I'm just taking Russ. But, you know, if Chris Carson's in there, I would say this is automatic lock. And it, the line probably wouldn't be at – oh, well, I don't know how I got it at minus six. But Yeah, know. it always just depends on the book. But, yeah, th that's the sole reason why I'm I'm leaning Dolphins here on the spread at least. It's just that – because I'm I'm not going to give the the Seahawks a ton of props against the Cowboys defense and the Falcons defense this season. I mean that week one game against the Falcons, like we said on on the earlier episode for week one, it's the same story for the Falcons every year of just giving touchdowns to the Seahawks. The Cowboys secondary is pretty 
pretty garbage, especially when you compare it to the Dolphins secondary, who actually have talented players. I mean, they have their number one cornerback from last year. Um, the Patriots defense is definitely talented, but at the same time, I, I think Russell Wilson definitely did make some plays. But you, that's a game where you have Chris Carson. Um, and it, that's why this is a tough pick. It's almost like, okay, if the Seahawks go out there and, and put up another 38 points, yeah, they'll cover. But I think that if the Seahawks have a game where they only put up 28 points, 30 points, I think the Dolphins have a legitimate shot because the Seahawks' defense is, has not been playing well. Yes, Jamal Adams is good, but now that he's a little bit banged up, I mean, every game, even with Jamal Adams, you let up 25 points to the Falcons, 30 points to the Patriots, 31 points to the Cowboys. These are top offenses, but um, yeah. I don't know. The, the reason I, I'm not super confident in this Dolphins pick is I would have loved to get it at over a touchdown. If it was like seven and a half, I would have been hammering it. But since yeah, it's I six and a half, it's tough. Because I, I, I'm honestly predicting this game to be like a – a 28-21 kind of game, but who knows if the Dolphins can just stick around for a little bit. So I'm going to take the Dolphins this week. I'm not very confident in the pick. Um, but I, it's just now that the, the Seahawks don't have Chris Carson, it's just bringing me back to last year where the Seahawks, you know, they were they were just scrapping games against teams like, you know, the Panthers and, and whatnot, and yes, they would they would pull it out, but it wasn't as pretty as it was now. And and no matter how good Russell Wilson is, he's not going to be able to continue throwing five touchdowns a game. No one has been able to in the history of the NFL go out there and throw five touchdowns every week. So now yeah. that you're playing up against a good Dolphins secondary that has improved over the course of these three games, that's why I'm liking the Dolphins this week, especially. And the last point I'll make on this is you have to remember that the Seahawks have are literally making the longest possible trip in the NFL. They're going from the very top left corner of the United States all the way down to the bottom in Florida on the road during COVID. So I don't know how how much that's going to impact them per se, but that is another factor to consider that you can give an advantage, at least a possible advantage to the Dolphins in. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. I mean, yeah, that that has to be like the farthest travel in the league. All right, but uh, for my next pick, I, I feel like this one's like the general consensus for like everyone this week, and I'm taking Colts minus two and a half against the Bears. Yeah, I'm I, following I, you on that one. It's just because I, even though the Bears are three and zero, they're fake. I'm not going to try to get into much what happened last week, but I mean, dude, you're down 26 10. I know, like, Nick in there. I didn't think Nick Foles played that great, to be he honest. He did not. With you. And the line and, is, is too in favor of the Bears simply because Nick Foles came back in that Falcons game. I think the Colts, after the week one, they found themselves in a little identity here. They're going to get rolling and trump off the Bears. The Colts are a better team, better roster on paper. And I see them moving the ball. It, that secondary for the Bears didn't truly impress me. I, the Falcons had a little success running the ball. And, you know, we're talking about a Falcons team that's garbage. So just give me the Colts. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the Colts minus two and a half. I watched 
very like very in depth that Falcons Bears game because I really wanted to to digest a why the Bears are are three and zero, and b why the Falcons are zero and three, and I came with a, away with a few takeaways. First off, the Bears have been having they're they are three and zero because they've been able to run the ball. You look at the Falcons game last week. There was multiple third downs and five plus where they were able to get that by handing the ball off. Mm-hmm. And then on both of those possessions, it led to, I'm pretty sure they were both field goals, but one of them may have been a touchdown, which just kept them hanging around in that Falcons game. The second thing is that you're right. Nick Foles is not as good as people are hyping him up to be, at least what I saw watching him on tape. You know, yes, he's he's not bad like Trubisky was because Trubisky couldn't hit a deep ball to save his life. At least Nick Foles has a, a much better deep ball, at least much more consistent deep ball than Mitchell Trubisky. And the difference between the two of them, I think the biggest difference is, is that when when Mitchell Trubisky is decisive, it, it's he's not decisive in a good way. He's not decisive, oh, I, I see a good matchup and I'm throwing someone open or I'm anticipating the coverage and, and throwing someone open. He's just panicking and throwing the ball because he's feeling the pressure, whereas Nick Foles is doing what you want to do, what a quarterback wants to do when you're decisive. Oh, I see this coverage. I like this matchup. Um, I, I'm throwing a back shoulder. So I think that's where you get better production out of Nick Foles. Now, with that being said, the, this is the first good run, elite run defense the Bears have had to face all season. And you're out here and you lose a guy like Tariq Cohen. And while Tariq Cohen was not necessarily lighting up the statue, you look at that game against the Falcons. He had a couple really big plays, uh, especially on multiple third downs, picking up long first downs and getting them into scoring position. So you mm-hmm. lose him. And... Uh, they were running Corderell Patterson a lot. Corderell Patterson, I think, sucks. I don't know why they're <laughs> running him so much at running back. I, like, he's a yeah. good player. He's a good returner. He deserves to be on the football team. But I, I don't know what the hell Matt Nagy sees in him. He's just, He looks slow out of the backfield. He needs to get going, and he doesn't have good vision. And, and David Montgomery, I think, is really going to struggle against a Colts defense that has very good gap integrity. And their pass defense has been much better, so... I think the Colts are my favorite pick this week. Um, now, with that being said, the Bears' defense did look pretty damn good against the Falcons. You know, they they did let up a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. Um, their safety play needed to improve, and it did improve in the second half of that Falcons game. But Jalen Johnson, the kid that I really liked out of Utah, I'm pretty sure he's at – I'm like 99% sure he's out of Utah – had a really good game on his reps against Calvin Ridley, which I was very impressed with. Eddie Jackson is still Eddie Jackson. And then you got Fuller on the other side, who was kind of getting torched a little bit, but once again had a better second half. And you're right, the Falcons at times were able to run the ball. You know, and it was, an, it was weird because it was almost in crucial situations. And the other thing I liked about the Falcons was that they actually had a decent job pass blocking against that elite Bears front line. You were asking your right tackle, 73, I don't know what his name is, to go one-on-one against Khalil Mack all game without a chip. Mack Yeah, and, he, and Khalil Mack, he had a, he, I think he had two sacks. One of them was a, was a strip sack fumble. 
But, I mean, that's going to happen if you're asking your guy to play one-on-one against one of the most dominant pass-rushing outside linebackers in the league, play after play, with no help. He's going to get to the quarterback. It doesn't matter. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did a good job. I mean, he did a very good job. Um, And I think, you know, coming into this game against the Colts, like, the Colts have just as good of an offensive line, if not a better offensive line, than the Falcons, especially in terms of run blocking, where the Falcons were able to have success. So I I really like the Colts this week. I think the way the Colts lose this game is if they just make mistakes, kind of like the Falcons did, and let the Bears just creep into the game. But other than that, I think the Colts minus two and a half is one of my favorite picks this week. Yeah, same. And then uh, I got I got four, 49ers minus six and a half against the Eagles. And this is just playing on like, you know, I, I know what the 49ers are like facing, but uh, Kittle's coming back this week. I'm, he was not limited in practice yesterday. So he was getting full reps and everything. So that'll help out. Jimmy G's not bad. It's still Nick Mullins, right? Yes. Okay. I, I believe so. Um, I, this, I don't think it's for sure, but Jimmy G, I don't believe, practiced on Wednesday. I don't know about today. And I th- I'm, it, I, I'm hearing, like, I'm seeing stuff that Raheem Mostert's coming back this week, so that'll help him. Uh, even though Jared McKinnon's done a fine job getting the end zone this year. And, uh, you know... Last week, they had their JV team out there, and, like, I know you were playing the Giants or whatever, but, like, you know, they still have a game plan. They still look good even though they have, like, their second string, their third string guys in there, you know, and I don't know what's going on with the Eagles truly, and I just – I don't want to take the Eagles. So, I like, I bought half a point here. I'm taking 49ers minus six and a half. Yeah, I'm on the um, – I think I'm going to take the opposite boat here, and it's going to kill me because I've been taking the Eagles like every week. Now, last week, <laughs> taking them at – teasering them from minus five and a half to plus a half really helped me out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect that to, ha- to end in a tie by any stretch of the imagination, but that helped me out. Um, I think I might just be taking the bait again this week because the 49ers team is just really good, but – I just think the line is too high. Um, Yeah, the Eagles have been playing like crap, but they still have some bright spots. Uh, Darius Slay, a guy that I I was very critical of coming into in the offseason and and a little bit in the first couple games, played extremely well against A.J. Green. Um, And he's been a a big bright spot in that Eagles secondary. And Avante Maddox who's injured and will probably miss the game, has been playing like crap, which I actually think might help the Eagles out, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that might be a, a stupid thing to say, but to be completely honest, if I were a coach of the Eagles, I'm not sure I'd want Avante Maddox on my football team. When I, when I, watch, that ta- when I watch tape of the Eagles, he makes a lot of dumb mistakes. Um, and it would, it's just frustrating. You know, he's just so inconsistent. And he's just able to be picked on so easily. Where, honestly, having someone else in there might really help him out. Someone that may, you know, maybe they're not as talented as Maddox, but they won't make the stupid mistakes. And yeah. let up long plays. when Because, when, like, Avante Maddox, I saw two games ago, he's in a, he's in a deep third. 
he's in fine position, and he's just looking at the quarter. He doesn't see his man just staring at the quarterback. He runs right by him for a long play. I'm not sure it ended up in a touchdown. It was against the Rams. Um, it was to Van Jefferson. I don't. Th- I think it ended up almost as a touchdown, but it, like it was a 35 yard play that should have been covered. He's in perfect position, but he just he was looking at the quarterback. And yes, you're supposed to do that in zone, but you have to keep track of your man in some way, shape, or form. You can't just let him run by you and just just be chilling there. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm not super confident in these Eagles plus seven, but. I think this is just going to be a one-score game. But I think I might be taking the bait here with the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's on Sunday night football. Carson Wentz always seems to, like, step up in, like, a little primetime situation. And, like, this game means a lot to the Eagles. Like, they – you know, you don't want to start 0-3-1, you know. Then Even though you play in the worst division of football. Last you, week was a loss for him, though. 100%. Yeah, it was a huge loss. When you tied to the Bengals, I mean, even though, like, Burrow looked really good and all, and T. Higgins got a couple TDs, you know, but I, there's just so many miscues going on right now with the Eagles that I can they fix that in a week's time? Like, the confidence there has to be low. So Yeah, I, it's I, just this is a – Eagles are always a weird football team like this, though. When, when you're high on the Eagles, they'll let you down. When you're low on the Eagles, they'll show up. I think this is a week where the Eagles could show up. I, I don't know what is going on with Carson Wentz. Oh, whether it's the offensive coordinator changes that they've made that is screwing him up or, or what, I, I don't know. But he has regressed dramatically, at least from the beginning of this season to when he first came in the league. Uh, it might be his confidence that's just hit the crapper. Or, you know, ob- obviously they don't have talent on the outside right now. Um, especially with with all the injuries going on, but I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. I think he did a pretty good job last game of just at the end of the game willing his team to at least tie it up at the end of the game to give him a shot at overtime. Um, but yeah, I, I'll just I'll take him plus seven once again. I don't think the Eagles. I think they have a better shot to win this game than, for example, the Dolphins against the Seahawks. But yeah. Um, then again, I also think the Eagles have a better shot at getting blown out by the 49ers. I think the biggest thing for me, though, is that the 49ers, I'm not sure they're going to be able to have that same pass rushing success that they have been, especially last year. Um, and uh, honestly, you can argue that the Bengals have better pass coverage defensive backs than the 49ers do. Not linebackers, but Jesse Bates is a really good safety, and then they got that really good corner. Um, I forget his name, but they've got that guy. So I, I, I don't know. It's a tough game, but give me the Eagles plus seven. I'll take the spread. I'll go on with my next pick because I really like this pick. Cardinals minus three. Hammered it the instant I saw it. Um, you know, I, I think Thurs. Yeah, it was just last week was a weird game against the Lions. Um, Kyler Murray uncharacteristically made a couple of mistakes, turned the ball over. But I think that Kyler Murray is the kind of guy that's proven he's not going to do that every game. I, that happens to every quarterback, um, especially a guy in his second year. 
Um, if they yeah. don't have D-Hop, that really hurts. But regardless, I think this is the first week we'll actually see some good production out of their running attack, which is not really shown up yet. So, I, I like, for example, Kenyon Drake, I think that Kenyon Drake ha- has the potential to have a pretty big game this week for the first time if, if you have him in your fantasy league. Um, so I, I really like the Cardinals minus three or minus three and a half, um, where, depending on what it is on your book. But regardless, I have it minus three. If it's minus three and a half, I'm taking it too. I like the Cardinals all the way up to like minus five and a half this game, minus six. Yeah, I took Cardinals minus three too. I, you know, I just don't think Kyler Murray is going to throw three picks again, especially not against the Panthers. That defense is so young. The Panthers are just could they they could easily stay in this game, but just. I think you're right about Kenyon Drake, though. I, this has to be, like, the week he really breaks out. I mean, you saw him in the when he got traded to the Cardinals in the end of last season. I mean, he just popped in that uh, Cliff Kingsbury op- offense. So I, I think this is where, like, you start seeing more of that balanced running attack and maybe not making Kyler do everything. But also, you're just not going to see Kyler turn the throw three picks again. Like, you're just not – that's not going to happen. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking, too. Like – it, the, the Cardinals win that game if he doesn't turn the ball over three times. Yeah, no, easily. I, they cover. <laughs> I took the Cardinals, dude. I had a rough week last week, though. Um, but, yeah, Cardinals minus three all the way. Uh, my next pick, this one, this one, um, I hate it. I hate it because everything's telling me no, but my heart's telling me yes. And I, I'm riding the Vikings for the fourth week in a row. Oh, God. <laughs> I got burned the first two weeks. They, they got me back last week, covered the spread. Oh, God. And now we're up against Houston. Um, oh, God. You know, Houston, I think Houston is getting a little bit too much credit for losing to good teams, to be completely honest. Like, Okay, cool. You've played three really good teams, but you still lost. And it's not like the games were necessarily close. The Steelers game was the closest one, and they didn't do squat in the second half of that game. They look like a losing football team. I mean, they do. We've seen this Texas team, though, two years ago. They started off like 0 3, 0 4, and ended up making the playoffs. It, it was it the Texas? It- yeah, no, it was that was the Colts. My that was the Colts. But like, yeah, no, but, but I, still, the Texans have gotten off to slow starts before. You know, less the, but yeah, you're right. I, I I just don't like. They've had to had the hardest schedule in the league starting off. You know, you're playing three teams that people like. I mean, the Chiefs, Super Super Bowl contender, uh, week two. Who they play again? Why am I blanking on the team? What what game? Week two, who do they play? The Texans? They played the Ravens. Oh, yeah, the Ravens. You know, that also another Super Bowl contender. And the Steelers, who people picked as, like, their dark horse to be a Super Bowl contender, you know? And, like, now, don't get me wrong. I hate the, the, the thought of just saying, like, well, they've had a tough schedule. Haven't you made the playoffs two years? Like, you invested all this money in Deshaun Watson. Like, you're supposed to be – at some point, you got to win these games. Like – you can't just be, like, complacent being like, okay, well, we'll win our division or make a wild card. Like, if you're investing this much money in a quarterback, you're telling me that this is your Super Bowl quarterback. you got to beat Super Bowl teams. you got to beat Super Bowl defenses. And you just haven't done it yet. 
Now, I, yeah, I get that taking Vikings again. I'm just staying away because, like, uh, both of these teams just haven't impressed me, and I'm just not picking them, you know? I mean, like, if we're going to talk about best 0-3 matchup of the season right now, though, Vikings-Texans. They should have yeah. put this game on Thursday night. Yeah, should have. Like, I'd this would have been an awesome Thursday night game. I'd ma- much rather watch this than watch the Jets versus Broncos. So my whole thing with the Vikings, I-, I got a few reasons I like the Vikings. So first off, I initially, coming into the matchup, wanted to pick the Texans. I didn't think that, that the line would be at four and a half, though. I was thinking, okay, if it's I thought it'd be a lot closer. Like minus three, it started off like that, but I looked this morning when we're, when we're going to record the episode, and I'm like, oh, well, that line creeped another point. Like, And, and I think it's, it's a good matchup in some ways for both teams because the Vikings secondary has really struggled, and I think that Deshaun Watson is the exact kind of quarterback, and, and with, that, with that receiving core of his... um. This is a good matchup for him where, you know, they don't have that dominant number one guy anymore, but now Deshaun Watson will be able to kind of pick and choose the matchup based on what he likes against a Viking secondary that has not been good at all. So I I like that part of the matchup, but at the same time, too, Houston has had one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I think they might actually be last in the NFL right now in, in, in rushing yards per game allowed. And you've got a Vikings team with Dalvin Cook and Gary Kubiak at offensive coordinator that might just jam the ball down their throat. So my whole thing is I'm thinking this is going to be a three-point game, four-point game, and the spread's four and a half. So I'll take the the Vikings, especially a Vikings team that's being slept on. And aside from this season, because they've lost three games in a row, are really good against the spread coming off of losses. Um. Dude, should I just like kind of hammer the uh, Vikings money line? Do you think they just won this game outright? No, 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 no. That it's hard to bet because at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson's the better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. As much as I hate to admit it, um, yeah. Kirk Cousins has not been good enough. Now the thing is too is that if Justin Jefferson's able to step up like he did last week, I think the Vikings win this game. But it also stinks because I'm playing Dalvin Cook in fantasy this week, and I think he's going to have a really big game. So I- I'm I'm taking the Vikings. I hate the pick. I hate the pick, to be completely honest. But let's go, Vikings. I- I'm riding the Vikings, man. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm, I'm just staying away from that game, man. I'm not uh, – yeah, so my last just – I got a teaser after this, but, like, I had – like – I'm sorry, Atlanta, but I'm taking Packers minus six and a half. <laughs> like, dude, the Packers are making me eat, and eat my words, dude. They look good. Like, Aaron Rodgers is playing where I thought he might be playing a little wash. Like, Aaron Rodgers looks good. That team looks, you know, their rush defense is a little questionable to me. Uh, Kamara seemed to have his way, and I know, like, the whole big thing, like Drew Brees not being able to throw the ball down here field. But, you know, Jair Alexander is a tremendous corner. You know, now you go into a Falcon secondary made of Isaiah Oliver, even though it, the depth chart came out yesterday and they got Kendall Sheffield as the number one corner. So I'm guessing he's back. They haven't said anything on his injury-related status, but they got him listed on depth chart number one corner. And 
You know, I, I'm just out on the Falcons. I think the Falcons lose this game by 17 points. Yeah, so I had on my notes here, I actually didn't see that the spread creeped. I have it plus seven here for the Falcons. I had them initially yesterday when I made the picks. I had the Falcons plus seven and a half if I get Sheffield and Grady playing. Um, if I get no Sheffield, no Grady, then I'm not taking it. I'll, I'll take the Packers. But I think you're right. That, that's the impact. Um, I, you know, once again, I, I, I've watched a lot of Falcons tape. I've practically become a Falcons fan just from watching so many of their freaking games this season. I, I must have watched like a season's worth of tape between you know, the three games this year and games from last year, two years ago and whatnot. Um, it's just because they're such an interesting team. And the thing is, is that if you remember the Falcons' last matchup against the Packers, man, like the Falcons, they played well. And they, the Falcons are a weird team because they kind of just show up against good teams. Like, not every time, but they'll have – dude, tell me I'm, I'm wrong – They'll have those like two or three games a season where they just show up against one of them's usually against the Saints, and then the other one will always be either like the Packers, the Seahawks, or something, where they show up against one of these good teams, and you're like, what the hell? The Falcons are a playoff team. They just always are losing games. Well, yeah, I mean, this should be a better game than advertised. Falcons should be 2-1 and one coming in this game. And then, you know, but, you know, I, I, like, I'm not even, like, after last week, I'm just, I don't even care. Like, I just know we're bad. Like, I'm <laughs> expecting a top five pick. You know, I, it's just, dude, when Matt Ryan threw that pick to end the game, I was just like, oh, man. That was a bad we're, throw, too. That was a terrible throw. And I was just like. Come on, man. Like, you've been playing the league for how long? 12 years? 10, 10 to 12 years, and you make a throw like that? It's just a different feel. I mean, I, I, I think Julio's playing. If Julio plays, definitely have a chance. But if Julio doesn't play, you know, Sheffield's expected back, but Sheffield's first game back against Aaron Rodgers, that's a tough little, like, I don't care how old Is Aaron Rodgers Adams is. Playing? I haven't seen anything on it. I don't know. Like, I mean, both teams are kind of banged up, but at this point, I'm just going with the better team. Like, I've lost all faith in Falcons until they fire Dan Quinn and that whole coaching stuff. And maybe Arthur Blank, too. I, I think it starts with him. <laughs> Puts too much trust in guys. Fuck that. Yeah, but, I liked the line for the Falcons much more at plus seven and a half. Now that I'm seeing plus seven or now you you got the Packers minus six and a half yeah um, and you you didn't you didn't buy a point for a half a point you just got that yeah just on my book it was minus six and a half I yeah like, oh. like if I if I get the Packers minus six and a half I think you're right I think I just take them because I think that I see the Packers winning this game by a touchdown but at seven and a half once again if I get Sheffield and Grady I'll I'll take the Falcons because I think this Falcons team is good, especially if Julio comes back. I'm telling you, the the, the Falcons win last game if they get Julio back, hundred percent. No, I mean we've lost games with Julio in there. We blew that. Yeah, but that Zacharias guy just he was all right, but he's no Julio Jones, man. Yeah, 
Uh, shocking, you would think an undrafted free, uh, rookie free agent from two years ago is not Julio Jones. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that coming. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I think I was going to take Falcons plus seven and a half. Now that it's just plus seven, I'm just not going to take that game. Um, yeah, I'm not confident enough to take the Packers there. Um, my next pick, this might be a bait, to be completely honest. I am not extremely confident in this, but I'm going to be taking the Bengals minus three at home against the Jags. And I think the big reason is because I I think Burrow has a big game this week against, uh, against the Jags defense that just looks terrible. Um, I think I just, I really like Burrow. That passing attack looks good. They have a lot of weapons. Um, they looked pretty, pretty good against the Eagles, man. Cause at the end of the day, yeah, the Eagles haven't been a, a crazy good team, but the Eagles are still, I mean, they made the playoffs last year. They, they still have a good coaching staff. Like wh- while things are going wrong with, let's not act like the, Fal- not the Falcons, the Eagles are a bad NFL team. They just haven't. Been no. Good. Yeah. Um, and the Bengals last year were a bad NFL team. Now the Bengals are, are getting a, more guys back every week from injury that they had during the beginning of the season, especially on the defensive side of the football. Um, you know, I, I this could be a bait, honestly, because we the Jags just didn't play well last week, and um, and they get that receiver DJ Chark. I, I I'm think he's going to be playing this week, which is going to be a big pickup for the Jags. If he is, but regardless, I, I like the Bengals minus three this week at home against the Dirty Jags. All right, I like that. I didn't, I didn't pick that game. I got a uh, four-team, six-point teaser. I got going right here. I got Seahawks minus half, Ravens minus seven, Rams minus seven, and Packers minus one. Okay, I, I actually like that a lot. Yeah, got a little teaser. What are the odds on that? It's fifth. I put fifteen on it to win thirty six. I oh nice. The, so it's a little over plus two hundred odds. Is that two ten, two fifty something? I, yeah, like, I, I can't I really do that. like that. I I really like that pick. Yeah, I I just see this like you know you get Seahawks where they just have to win the game. The Packers like you're playing a trash Falcons team and Ra- Ravens Rams where they're already. Heavy favorites playing against two horrible teams just have to, you know, win by more than a touchdown. So, which they should. And I, I think that's my, like, actually, like, my teaser might be, like, the most confident pick I had this week. Yeah, so this this pick coming up for me is a really tough pick. I am not insanely confident on it. Um, I just think, you know, you give me seven points with Bill Belichick against the Chiefs. I don't care how good the Chiefs are. This is a game where people are sleeping on the Patriots. And that's the best kind of Patriots is a slept on Patriots. Yeah. Um, plus seven, man. Like I, the, the Chiefs can easily cover this game and they just beat a really good Ravens team. Right. Um, that, that Chiefs defense has looked a lot better this season. But 
I don't know, man. I I still like Belichick. I still like the Patriots. It's seven points. I think that if if you get a game where the Chiefs don't put up more than if they if you if you're the Patriots and you hold the Chiefs under 31 points, I think they cover. That's what I'm betting on. Is I'm not sure like if the Chiefs score more than 31, okay. You you got me. But Bill Belichick, we got Stephon Gilmore. You have a good running attack. You get James White back now. Let's let's hold him under thirty-one and cover the spread. <laughs> Come on, guys. So yeah, I, the Pats minus seven or plus seven. I I'm looking at this game right now, and on my book I can get six and a half. I should I just. See, because, like, I, I was going to do this season where I just picked the Chiefs every game to cover just based off, like, last year, them, like, covering almost every game. But, you know, this is an, it's an interesting game because, like, still, like, I think people are doubting the Patriots even though they played very well. I mean, they've covered in all three of their games, you know? Cam yeah. Newton looks good. And I could see the Chiefs losing this game even like the, it's just because of Belichick. I I don't know. I might tell you, I might not, because it's at six and a half, and I'm like I would probably buy a point, buy a half a point. But um, right now I'm just gonna stay away and not take it. I do want to take another game since we're on the subject, but like I do like I might take Browns. Wait, real quick, before we move on from the Patriots, here's the one thing I'll say about this game that I kind of like for the Patriots. So you look at the Seahawks game that they played, right? Defense did not play well. Offense did. The thing with the Chiefs compared to the Seahawks is that I don't think the Chiefs have a player on their roster that is a playmaker that straight up beats... Belichick if Belichick wants to take away Kelsey he can take away Kelsey if he wants to take away Tyree Kill he can take away Tyree Kill if he wants to take away Edwards Hilaire he can take away Edwards Hilaire whereas with the Seahawks I don't think you can just straight up say let's put Gilmore on DK and take him away yes Gilmore did a really good job against him on most of the reps but DK every game has those one or two plays and same thing with Lockett like that's the one reason and obviously like okay Patrick Mahomes if he goes out there and does Patrick Mahomes stuff does those crazy you know I'm fading away and just chuck it halfway across the field just perfect throw yeah the Chiefs will cover but ah dude I'm getting seven points in a game that could be really close yeah, I see that. The thing is, like, when you say take away these players, which, I mean, they very well can, is that I don't think they could take away Patrick Mahomes just, like, the same way they couldn't take away Russell Wilson. You know, and it's still, like, the quarterback here is the X factor. And, do I like, that's just a tough game for me. Yeah, yeah I, I'm leaning Patriots just because they've covered an all three and, like, and if I'm still getting them this many points, like, why not? And, like, the, uh, like Belichick's had success against the Chiefs. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just, like, I don't know. 
You know, like the, the Patriots which, which need to force a turnover this game. Just yeah, like, like they did against the Seahawks early in the game, they need turnovers. They need like hundred percent have to win the turnover battle to cover this game. Like, am I going to get a Chiefs team that came out against the Ravens and just look like, yeah, go ahead and give them the Lombardi Trophy now? Or am I going to get a, <laughs> if I going to get a Chiefs team that you know struggles against a, a rookie quarterback in his first start? So you know, it just comes down to that. I think. Man, that's a tough game. I, I'm I'm gonna just sit on the line, see if it moves. It probably won't though. It's already moved six to a half on my book. All right, so you wanted to move on to the Browns game. Um, I'm on the opposite side. I really want to take the Cowboys. To be completely honest, um, I'm not sure I'm confident enough to take the Cowboys in the Cowboys. It's just, dude, like. This line, plus four and a half on on the road against the Cowboys, you're pretty much saying, are, 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 you're asking yourself, are the Browns a playoff team? Because this, this is the closest thing to a playoff game I feel like the Browns have had in years. Like, this, this is a yeah. big game for your season. If you lose this game as, as the Browns, it's, you know, the, the, not the outlook is grim, but you really have to start playing well and winning games. You got to turn it around, right? You win this game, there's nothing to turn around. You're in it, dude. You're like you're especially with the extra playoff spot. You're in it. You're like, oh, like you're a Browns <laughs> you're fan. There. You're there. saying to yourself, like, holy shit, like <laughs> we're three and one. We just beat a good team. Like, yeah, we got tough games ahead, but like we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's the big thing about this game is. Are the Browns a playoff team? Are they going to keep this game close or win it? And I don't think they are. I, I, I like the Cowboys more. The one thing I will say about the Cowboys is every single game they've played in so far this season has been an absolute clown fiesta. Um, <laughs> like, every, you know, Dude, so many points. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, you have like turnovers here, uncharacteristic. Like, just the craziest stuff. On-site kicks. DK Metcalf catching a wide-open touchdown getting the ball punched out for a touchback. Like, yeah. you know, defense is getting torched but making key plays, and they're going for it on, like, 84th downs a game. Like, <laughs> I think this is the one game we're going to finally see the Cowboys not play a clown fiesta because you're playing a Browns team that's just kind of gone back to, like, you know, the, the standard Browns, like, okay, we're just going to pound the freaking rock and and hopefully play some good defense. Um, I, yeah, dude, it's just like in this game right here is like the Cowboys are just like the biggest question mark team to me because, you know, like, are, are you going to get the Cowboys that played in the second half against the Falcons and like put up all these points, came back and won, you know, but they should have won. But – or are you going to get the Cowboys that just plays down to their competition and looks like crap, you know? Like, if the Browns can make a couple plays and just turn it on. I, I think the reason why I'm leaning Browns here is because I said the Browns were going to make the playoffs and be that seven seed. Dude, instead of taking them covering, you know what? I'm going to throw one unit on the money line. Plus 190. The Browns are walking into Cowboys Stadium, Jerry World, and winning this 
game. All right, well, I'm just going to take the opposite then. I'm taking Cowboys money line. <laughs> All right, I, I, I don't, I don't believe it's a pussy pick, but I don't believe in the Browns. But at, at some point, the Browns, you know, when you have like, you got to win some kind of big game to give yourself an identity. And you're right. If they win this game, they, they can look around that locker room and be like, well, shit, we're here. <laughs> like, you know, it, it just yeah. feels like. It just feels like to me, like the Cowboys this year in that division is just so subpar. You know, any time that Cowboys team is talented enough, where they can put it together and just, and they could easily go out there and beat this team thirty-one to ten. You know, but I just I don't have any faith in the Cowboys. And I'm not. Every, I'm not saying I'm not saying that division is ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying I have faith in the Browns. I don't have faith in either team. I just want to have like one team where like it's around like plus 200 money line and I'm just going to take the Browns. Yeah, you know, Baker Baker and Odell and Jarvis Landry, that that trio needs to show up this game for me. Me too. Because I'm not sure you're going to be able to go in and just pound the rock like they did against the Redskins and win by two scores. Um Yeah, I don't think so either. And, and like yeah, the Cowboys like the Cowboys defense is is banged up, and they have proven that they're not they're nowhere near elite. They're under average. You know their run defense is bottom half of the league. So the 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 Browns will have success, but at the end of the day, their offense is elite. Um, Mike McCarthy's done a very good job of just you know get the outlook is looking grim in games, but they just will their way back in. You know, by scoring points when it, when they need to, and at least the one thing I'll give him over the Cowboys from previous years with Jason Garrett is that they have more offensive production throughout the game, more so than the first drive and then the fourth quarter. You know, now it's just okay. The defense sucks a lot more, so they're giving up more points, but they're at least scoring more points throughout the game. So I feel like if you can get a Cowboys game where their defense actually plays all right and doesn't give up like 30,000 points that the Cowboys will be able to win relatively easily. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Cowboys here. Um, all right. This, the, these next two picks I'm going to make, I don't like them. I really don't, but the first pick I'm a little more confident in and I'm taking the Lions plus four at home against the Saints. Um, oh. Yeah, this is this is the bait. I know I'm taking the bait. I, I'm a I'm a fish swimming around, and I see a little piece of meat in a hook, and I'm taking it. I, I'm chomping that as hard as I can. But the one thing is that if you just look historically, the Saints suck against the Lions for some reason. Aside from the last time they played, which all like the previous like three or four matchups have all been in New Orleans, like, and granted, this is like four years ago. Like, you know, this isn't like recently. Yeah, it's just one of those. It, but it's like you know, you remember beginning of the season. I'm like, oh well, the Colts notoriously suck on the road against the Jags. You know, I still took the Colts then because I'm like, oh, you know, different team. Uh, this time I'm doing you the suck. opposite. Sometimes things don't change. You know, sometimes 
streaks are streaks and things are things for a reason. And I'm going to take the Lions plus four in a game that I think could be a really close one. I get the Lions at home being slept on. I mean, I'm not going to come out here and act like the Lions are a better team when being slept on. The Lions just kind of always Lions things. You know, they'll look like they'll look like a Super Bowl team one week and look like the 0-16 Browns the next. But a good week last week against the <laughs> good week last week against the Chargers. Um, what is this? I don't think Michael Thomas is playing this week, is he? I don't think so. Like I, I don't understand it because like I heard these out for like his timeline's weird. It's like two to six weeks, and then like the week he got hurt. The first week he got hurt, the next week it was like, oh, he could possibly play. I'm like, well, didn't you just say he's out for two to six weeks? And, of course, he didn't play. I, I think he's still out, though. But, I mean, like, Michael Thomas overrated anyway. So, Desmond Trufant can shut him down. Yeah, if, if Michael Thomas plays, then I think I would be a little more skeptical of this pick. Granted, um, like, if, if I'm taking this pick, I think I would – um. I think I would wait till later in the week because I don't think many people are really going to be hammering the the Lions plus four. Right now it's like 60-40, 60% on the Saints, 40% on the Lions. Um, like if I can get plus four and a half, I'm much more confident. Uh, I, I'll just take every point I can get, honestly. I, yeah. apparently, apparently Michael Thomas was back at practice. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but like they, they said, like he would. Yeah, nah. They said if if he's still like a chance of re-injury, like he won't play. But I mean, like I I just don't think they're gonna rush him back yet. You know, I think they could go in there and be like, look at this Lions team, and be like, well, we can win this game. So like for spread wise, yeah, Lions plus four is not a bad bet. Yeah, I'll be taking Lions plus four. I think I would wait on it to see if Michael Thomas plays, because if Michael Thomas does play, you can get more points. Um, but since we have to take the picks today, I guess I'll take Lions plus four. And then the last game I want to make a pick in, actually, no, there's two. We got, um, this is a really interesting game. We got, um, we got Bill's Raiders, man. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, dude. We've got Bill's Raiders. And I'll tell you what, everyone's against the Raiders this week, it seems like. It's like 66% on, on the Bills on the road against our Raiders, man. We got plus three, though. We got a field goal as a home dog. You know, we're playing at the new Vegas Stadium. Come on. Yeah, dude, we don't lose in Vegas, you know? Gruden doesn't lose in Vegas. <laughs> This is a wacky game. This is a really wacky game, especially because I don't know the health of the Raiders receivers right now. And I think at the end of the day, the Bills offense is the Bills offense. They're putting up points, and I'm not sure the Raiders defense is going to stop them. <laughs> you need Josh Allen to like snap out of like the little groove he's in and just... Be stupid and create you need, some yeah, You need the stupid Josh Allen to show up. You need the Josh Allen that does weird pitches and is throwing it into quadruple coverage and whatnot. You can't have the good Josh Allen show up this week as a Raiders fan. You know, I really want to pick the Raiders, especially because this is a Raiders podcast, man. We, you know, we are Raiders. But it's like the same thing last week why I didn't pick them. It's like I am not confident about this game at all <laughs> for the Raiders. Like, 
I, I don't know how the Raiders are only plus three. Like, I thought it'd be like more like six, <laughs> or at least like five and a half. You know. You know, I I'm seeing. It seems like everyone and their mother is taking the the Bills minus three. Granted, like there are a few a few guys like us that are like, ah, we're um we're taking uh we're taking the Raiders, but like. I don't think this is a good matchup for the Raiders at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I just don't know because like the Bills are playing hot. They have to have a lot of confidence coming into this game. You know, the Raiders after really just getting blown out against the Patriots. You know, they, they you got to fix some key. Like, who's healthy? Like, I see. I'm looking at the injury report right now. Brian Edwards did not participate in practice. Um, I mean, Jonathan Abrams kind of – Damon Arnett did not participate. I mean, they're a little banged up right now. and oh, Yeah, and Josh know. Jacobs picked up a little hip injury. He'll play, but um, this is a game, like, to be completely honest, I, I want to take the Bills minus three, but I'm not sure I want to bet against the Raiders on a Raiders podcast, you know, because, like, I really want the Raiders to win this game. I'm hardcore rooting for the Raiders, like – I know, I do too, but, like, I just don't, like, I don't want to bet, like, a fan here, you know? It's just, like... Yeah, not me either. I want to take the Raiders. Will I be rooting for the Raiders on Sunday? Hell yeah. Go Gruden. Hooters, baby. But the Bills minus three, like, dude, like, I understand why everyone's hammering that, especially how the Bills have looked. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills minus three. It's just... I You're just going against the Raiders? Good. Yeah, I'm... Go- at the Dude, end of the day, it'll be a win-win. If the Bills win, by, if they, I just hope the Raiders don't, or the Bills don't win by like one or two, or or just three. Um, I either want the Raiders to outright win or the Bills to 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 cover one of the two. It'll be a win-win if that happens. Let's see here about the Bills real quick. Let me recap how many points they've been putting up. Oh my God, it's absurd. That is true. I mean, these are close games, too. Like, besides the Jets game where it was 10 points. But, like, I mean, Dolphins beat by three, 28 points to the Dolphins. And, I mean, like, the Rams – like, the Bills were up a lot. But, I mean, and the Rams came back and were winning at one point in this game. But another three-point win, maybe I get why this is a three-point spread now. Only a field goal. But, yeah, you're right. This defense is getting torched. And, like, last year, this was an elite defense. We're talking yeah. top three defense in the league, and they are not playing like that. Who – if you would have told me that Josh Allen is, like, one of the main reasons why this team is 3-0, and I don't know if I'd believe you. But, like, do, do they put up another 30-point game? Because they're averaging around 30 points in the, through their first three games, which is very good. And uh, it, are the Raiders going to put up thirty points? That's what you yeah, got to kind of think about. Yeah, I think that's the here. real question. Is that I think I think the Bills are a shoe in for having a good offensive day. I'm not sure the, especially like you were saying with the Raiders injuries. I don't think the Raiders are are a talented enough on defense and b healthy enough to to stop what the Bills are doing. I mean, the Bills have been doing this to some decent defenses. And and one of my problems with these past Bills games, like for example, that Bills Dolphins game. Was that game close because the the Bills defense is bad and the Bills are getting overrated? 
Or is that game close because the Dolphins were good? You know? It's it's tough because, like, the Dolphins, like, I know how we talk about the Texans and, like, they have had a hard schedule. I mean, you come out of the gate, they had to play the Patriots and they had to play the Bills. And those have been the top two teams in the division the last couple of years. And, like, we still expect a lot of good – we expect good things out of those two teams. Like, they're supposed to win that game. But, you know – even though the Patriots covered against the Finns, the Finn played a good game against the Bills. You look at it, dude. Like it, during this game, it was a close game. Like it, Josh Allen had to throw four touchdowns, and you saw last week with the Dolphins blowing out the Jags. Are the Dolphins a good team? I mean, yeah, I think they are. I think they just got like kind of like a, the short end, of the stick here, where they had to play two teams in the division that are just better. But like, yeah, they're a competitive team. So. I don't know, man. Like, the Raiders, they did beat the Saints, but the Saints haven't looked good. They're 1-2. and two. Yeah, That's a wacky game. That's an interesting game. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I might take Raiders. I don't know, though. I think I'm just going to stay away, man. Yeah, and the last game I was thinking about taking here, because um, is the Chargers plus seven against the Bucks. I hate it, though. Oh, but it's dude, like, I hate that game so much. You know, the I I just think the Chargers might keep this game close. Like, that Chargers pass rush is legit. We yeah. saw the Saints defense was able to give the the, the Bucks fits a little bit in their, in their game. I mean, Brady had some decent production, but then again, you had Chris Godwin playing. And Mike Evans was kind of hurt, and they weren't on the same page. But, I mean, the Chargers, this is a Chargers team that, you know, they they look like shit against a team like the Bengals, but then all of a sudden they, they almost win against a team like the Chiefs. Um, and you're <laughs> They should have won the last week. Like, the, the thing is, is that I, I think this is a game where I would buy half a point for the Chargers. Yeah. Just to get, because I honestly think that the Bucks will win it like twenty eight twenty one, but I I don't know. I, I'm taking the Chargers here this week. I, I'm taking the bait on the rookie quarterbacks, man, because I'm taking Burrow, and now I'm taking Mister Herbert against Tom Brady, which I is just you're taking a rookie quarterback on the road against the goat. This goes against everything I've ever preached, you know, <laughs> like this league, dude. This league. And uh, one thing about that game, though, you brought up a good point, is the pass rush for the Chargers. We know uh, the book been out on Brady to stop him is just consistent pass rush. And you got to make him uncomfortable, which the Chargers can easily do. The question is, you know, the Bucks defense is, I think, looks pretty good, you know? Yeah. And um, so you come in here with a rookie quarterback, is in Tampa. Are you. I can see Herbert turning over the ball a little bit and having that funky little, like, you know, like 15 for, like, 28, 155, and three picks, you know, like some weird rookie line that always happens. You know, like a Josh Rosen line. (laughs) But, yeah, I I think I would definitely buy the points for the Charger, buy the half a point, just because I think that pass rush can do enough. It's just – I kind of like that Bucks defense. They look like a well-rounded group. The secondary has stepped up. And I just 
I don't know, though. Like, which Chargers team am I going to get? Like, Anthony Lynn, tell me. <laughs> yeah, this is the, the Chargers are always – and it's funny, too, because I faded the Chargers last week against the, the Panthers, which ended up being a good pick. I mean, the Panthers won that game outright. Um, yeah. But that was more so because I didn't – I think the Chargers – like, Justin Herbert was getting too hyped for one game where he didn't even yeah. have that much success. And I was like, okay, <laughs> the, you know, the Panthers, yeah, they haven't won games, but it's not like they've been a bad team. I mean, they could have easily won that game week one against the Raiders. Their offense was producing. Um, and, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has had – his only struggles have really been in the red zone. I mean, they've been down some games, so he turned the ball over a little bit, but, like, I think the Panthers have impressed me a little more than I expected. This is a young football team that has had more success than I thought. I mean, not that they've necessarily been winning games out here and they're a playoff team, but they're in these games, you know? Yeah. That, that's the my thought process coming into this. I, dude, I just thought they would, like, not necessarily they're going to win games, but they're just going to be a competitive team, you know? Like, they're going to make that a tough win. And I, solely because of like kind of Teddy Bridgewater, you know, it always seems like where he plays, he's able to navigate and keep keep his team close and give them at least a, some kind of a chance. But yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, they're not terrible. I mean, McCaffrey's still out, right? Yes. So that hurts right there. I mean, they got to give DJ more the ball more too. But anyway, I mean, the Panthers. Like, I, I'm rooting against the Panthers this week. Screw the Panthers, go Cardinals. But, yeah, you're right. Dude, the Chargers, I I just think I'm going to stay away from that one, too. Those two teams, I hate that line. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm So, for for two picks. One, for the Dolphins, plus six and a half. Um, I'm waiting to take this game. Uh, You know, looking at it, I'm not taking it plus six and a half. Everyone's on the Seahawks, so I think this will go to plus seven. So if it goes to over plus seven, then I'm taking it for the pod. If it stays plus six and a half or lowers, then I'm not taking it. Um, the Chargers, though, I'm taking plus seven. I like this game. I know I'm buying a half a point, I said. I'm taking them plus seven and a half just because I think I- I'm too scared this is going to be a 28-21-er. Um, I-, I want that over a touchdown. I-, I want – I'll accept losing by two scores, you know? <laughs> like, I will accept yeah. that. Um, so I think that's all of my picks for this week. You got any other, any other like picks or teasers over unders? You like any of the over unders this week? Oh dear. I'm looking at them. I, dude, over unders are just so weird with me. Cause I feel like I always miss them. Yeah, over-unders I'm going to take Whoa, your mic is going crazy right now. It's up. It's up. Yeah. What's it doing? What's it doing? It sounds like you're Darth Vader. That has a that has smoker's lung. Really? Okay, you're good now. Okay, Jesus I don't. Christ, that was scary. Oh <laughs> sick. Like, Am I good you now? sounded more like a droid. Roger, Roger. <laughs> um, so I I think in general though, because like this week I like a lot of the overs, and we've seen points have been on the board left and right. You know, there have been a crazy amount, a crazy amount of touchdowns this year. 
But at the end of the day, if, if you're savvy with this stuff, I think unders this week might be a play, especially in some of the matchups. Like, I I just hate betting unders because I get too nervous betting unders. Like, I, I just like rooting for points. I, I like you. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge over-unders guy. But um, in some of these matchups, if you like an under, I would take unders because some of these lines are starting to look like college football. You know, it's like the yeah, average point total is up to like 52, it seems like, in a lot of these games, which this this is the NFL still. You know, it, it's not like defense doesn't exist. Um, I think one over I'd take is probably in the Falcons-Packers game. I'd take over 56 and a half. You would? Yeah, I just don't – like, I mean, I see a scoring. Don't get me wrong. Like, we're still going to put up – Four touchdowns, I think, even against like the Packers that are three and zero or whatever. But you're not going to be able to just like completely shut out our offense. We still got Matt Ryan with our aerial attack. You might be able to stop the run because Dirk Cutter thinks that just halfback dies and halfback draws work. But whatever. And I just don't see in any world where the Packers don't score thirty points on us. You know? Yeah. Um, all right, I guess real quick, like the episode is running, starting to get towards the end, but let's just recap some of the stuff from last week. So we already talked about Nick Foles and, you know, obviously Atlanta choking. And I guess I think the one thing I'll, I'll end off with Atlanta is, you know, after watching the tape, why they refuse to run the ball when they are winning games in the fourth quarter is just baffling to me. You know, it's mm-hmm. like Dan Quinn just, A, have you not, I don't want to be like this much of a dick, but like, and say, have you coached a football game? But like, <laughs> I don't think he has. Like, can someone hand Dan Quinn a copy of Madden so he can like <laughs> practice game management at the end of games? Dude, you and, give him a copy of Madden, he's like, he starts playing, he's like, Oh, this is a football game? <laughs> like, oh, this is how you play football? We're pissed. Yeah, I dude, it, at this point, it's just beating a dead horse. You know, you're beating a dead horse telling Dan Quinn to fix the problems, but, you know, week in, week out. You know, you have a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. What are the Falcons going to do? They're going to throw the ball the next three plays, go incomplete, waste, what, like 12 seconds on the clock, and then the other team's going to go straight down the field and yeah, score. Yeah, well, that's why I'm saying you're just like, hand oh, shit, it's a game. <laughs> like, that, that's, tell me that's not the classic franchise cheese that would happen. You know, if, if you're up two scores and you pass the ball a bunch and all of a sudden you, you turn the ball over a couple times and obviously it's all mad and the, the computer just – goes down and instantly just marches down the field and scores on you. Like, you learn, okay, I am chewing clock. Like, I'm just yeah, getting them. The damn ball. <laughs> yeah, I'm chewing clock and just end the game. Like, dude, what are you doing? Just do that. Just, what just was the point? The clock. What, what is the point of signing Gurley if you're not going to use him when you need him? <laughs> like, you know? Uh, like It's ridiculous. Like, they when they were up – they were up um, when when the Bears cut it to a one score game. The Falcons didn't run the ball once. Yeah, they no. passed it three times straight. Granted, one of them was a screen pass that was 
I don't want to say dropped or a bad throw because looking back at it, Khalil Mack made an unbelievable play, noticing it was a screen and getting his hands kind of in the passing lane, like forcing Matt Ryan to have to adjust the throw. But regardless, like just run the ball. Why are you getting cute with it? Just chew the clock. Yeah, just get th- run on they the first had- two downs, get three yards, and then that puts you up down around a third and four, and then just run a slant with Ridley or Julio. That I mean, Julio was a player last week. Around four to five minutes left, I forget exactly. They took off about 25 seconds on the clock. In, <laughs> or it was like 25 to 30 seconds in three plays and a punt. Dude, how can you just not laugh at all that at this point, you know? It's just... Dude, like, Falcons Reddit is so mad that they've changed that we don't talk about Falcons football anymore. We just talk about the actual bird. (laughs) There's so many posts, like, something called falconry, where, like, I guess, like, you train a falcon and you hunt with it or something like that. I'm not too sure on the just a falconry, but, like, if you roll down the, the – like, there's still football stuff, but, like, if you really scroll down, scroll through it, there's a bunch of posts of just, like, the bird and, like, the art of falconry, and it's hilarious, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just absurd the fact that they refuse to run the ball when they're up. Um, I think another thing I want to I talk on is um, – yeah, you saw that dirty play. Like, we were talking with Chris Carson being injured. That alligator roll from Tristan Hill on the Cowboys that sprained oh, his knee. I want to hear your opinion on that. Dude, like, that is so – oh, my God. It's a dirty dude, play. I, I, it's so dirty. Like, why are you do- – like, don't give me – like, okay, before I say it, that is a dirty play, he, I think he should be suspended because of it. You know, like you have a chance of ending a man's career, you know, and putting him out of a job, first of all, and especially a talented player like Chris Carson. And I, don't get me wrong, I want my defense to play a little dirty, you know, like maybe get those little like nudge hits last minute, like to really like enforce fear. But you, there is no point to like, you know, you're hitting him. But they tackle him and around the leg on the knee. Like why? Like why? Why would you gator roll? Like what's the point of that? I, yeah, I, I, like, I, I, you're like a player you. too. You're you're a player too, just like him. And I get like if if you don't like him, whatever. But you, you, someone could easily do something to you that is just as dirty that could. In possibly in your career, like how would you feel about that? Like I just don't get the um, the sense or the knowledge of wanting to do that, you know? Yeah, I like like what you were saying earlier. Um, I I am all for popping a guy in the mouth during the play, you know, before the whistle's blown. Not that you're out there trying to hurt someone, because I don't think you should ever go out there and, and your goal should be to hurt a player to knock them out of the game. But I agree with you that. When you, when you hit someone, like say you're a running back and you see a safety coming up to tackle you, and it's the beginning of the game, it's one of the first plays, I'm all for saying, okay, I'm going to pop this guy and set the tone for this game. Like, that this is going to be a smash-mouth game. If you want to tackle me, you're going to have to come hard, and I'm coming harder, you know? But, yeah, I, that's, I would want my defense to strike fear in the player without hurting them, and that's easily achievable. But yeah, that alligator roll, there's no... There's no justice for that like 
There's no point of having that in the game. It's just a dirty play. You know, you're right. He can. He could have tore the guy's knee apart. And at the end of the day, that's make they, that's losing Chris Carson not only his football career but millions of dollars. Yeah, and there's just no point in that. I agree that he should be suspended for at least three games, in my opinion. Oh, easily, dude. Now that you brought that up, I just see the play in my head, and my knee is just tweaking. Like I just, I do not know how he didn't like just. Like how he still has a leg. <laughs> like that looks especially that looks as so those painful. defensive linemen. People don't. I, Dude, not he's people 300 don't something pounds he is, doing people that. People sometimes you forget how pounds. and how heavy these guys are. Like you know when when it, say if someone if one of those dudes falls on your knee, your knee is snapping. You know, like these so guys are massive. Yeah, there's so much weight flying around. Like. So I agree. It's just a a dirty play. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is um, are the Saints in trouble right now? Saints are in trouble. Let me tell you. Like I would put, I see the thing is is that I think Drew Brees, even though they were my Super Bowl team, I do I did not know Drew Brees was going to kind of look like this. Now the Saints can easily put together. I still think they have a tremendous roster. And they play a division that's been theirs for um, for the last couple of years. And they already beat the Bucks and outplayed them. Their defense could step up and make plays. But I wouldn't throw, like, the red flag on it yet. But I would definitely start being suspect, you know. Like, the team does not look as sharp, you know. They do not. It, that that passing game looks just eh. Uh, Kamara's having a good season. It looks like they're running the ball decently. It looked like they did against the Packers. But I, it's just, especially with Michael Thomas out, it's just like they don't have another guy who could step up and make the big play, you know? Like, yeah, you you're right. Michael Thomas being out, they've lost that that really, it, like... It's like their offense lost... Yeah, it, like, dropped off tremendously when they lost Michael Thomas. It, it's just, it's not... It's not like the same, like, just, you know, snap, Drew Brees gets it out quick, Michael Thomas slam, move it, Kamara, shifty, get another 10 yards. Oh, shit, it's been four plays, and they're at the – they're already in our territory, you know. It's just – and then, I don't know, dude. I, I would be a little worried about the Saints, though. Yeah, like, I, I agree with you because the, the, the Saints offense is still good. Drew Brees is still a good quarterback. Kamara is absolutely electric, but – when, when you get into one of these games where your offense isn't working, you need someone to rely on, they only have Kamara right now. And oh, yeah. that's going to be a problem if you need to rely on other guys. Like, you need Michael Thomas back here, the Saints. I'm not panicking on the Saints, though. I still think they're a good team. Uh, the other question I want to ask you, and we can end the podcast off on this, is who are you more worried about? Are you more worried about three teams? You got to rank them. We'll throw in four teams, actually. Vikings, Falcons, Texans, Eagles. Who is who's in the worst spot of those four teams right now? Vikings, Texans. Vikings, Falcons, Falcons. Texans. Yeah, yeah, those teams. I mean, got to be. I mean. Texans, right? I mean, they're zero and three right now. The Titans are three and zero. You're already three games back. No, no, no not the Titans. The, the wait, hold on. Vikings, Texans, Eagles, Falcons. 
So three zero and three teams and an zero two and one team. Oh yeah, it's Vikings. I think the Vikings are in the worst spot. I mean, like like a kind of like with the Texans, you know, like when you start zero and three, and then you look at your division and the other and the top team is three and zero, like. You gotta start winning some football games real quick. Yeah, they got two get a, <laughs> yeah like you, you, you shot yourself in the foot. Now, like they still have one game left with the Packers, and what both games with the Bears? No, they lost the Bears, didn't they? Yeah, it's got to be the Vikings, dude. They've already lost in in division two. Wait, the, like, did they they lost to the Bears? Who was their week two loss? But it was not the Bears. I thought it was. Am I tripping? Um, Hold on. Was it the Bears? Maybe it was the Bears. I can't remember who the Vikings played. Let me see their schedule. It was the Colts. Yeah, there was the Colts. Oh, it was the Colts? Okay. Yeah, I was thinking. I'm like, there's no way it was the Bears. I I thought for him. Well, okay, so they have two games left with the Bears. I don't know, dude. They just – they looked better last week, you know. Still gave up 31 points to the Titans, but – there's got to be some sense of urgency with this team, especially when you have two teams on top of your division that are three and zero. You know. Yeah, that that Vikings defense is completely different from what it was last year. Like no, no, Danielle Hunter and um, and Xavier Rhodes. Obviously, Rhodes, not not he wasn't necessarily like a beast last year, but I mean, the the defense looks like crap. <laughs> like. Yeah, what about Nguagwe? You traded on, like, a good chunk of your future for him. Like, they just – he just hasn't been that good, I guess. Um, golly, dude. I just think it's their secondary. It's just, it's just been getting torched. Like, they got a rookie corner playing uh, that kid out of Auburn. Um, uh-huh. Or, no, it was TCU. TCU. Um, what's the name? It starts with an O. Why I like I'm he's probably like an extreme special talent like like everyone in the league is, but Jeff Gladney. Yeah, I just if I'm looking for corners, I'm not looking in the Big Twelve. <laughs> that allows um, like six hundred you know, yards. The problem game. with corners this year was a lot of them. Well, a lot of the defensive backs in general were kind of undersized. Um, there wasn't really a ton of like. Big lanky corners. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like a CUDA, but you know, he went top yeah, three. Yeah, but yeah, you're not getting no CUDA if you're the Vikings. Yeah, um, same with CJ Henderson. Like everybody that like a top good corner just went off the board very early. Like he's 5'10, 190. Like he's kind of small. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, he's very small, dude. I could run trees around him. Um, yeah, but the, you're right. I mean, he hasn't been good enough. Um, you know, a guy that I liked over him who the bears took has been playing really well. Jalen Johnson. I was watching the tape on him. Dude, Jalen Johnson is just really good. Like I like to see he was inconsistent, but you know, he's another guy. He's not huge. He's six foot one ninety five. Um, on on the Bears website, but like, 
Yeah, that was just the problem with a lot of the D-backs this year. Was th- There wasn't a ton of those physical big corners. And, um, yeah. And while it's not an issue, if you if especially if you're trying to run, you know, some zone, but um, and and if they're fast, if you're trying to cover guys like Tyree Kill, you don't necessarily need size. But obviously, they haven't been able to to cover anything. I mean, the Packers put up forty plus points <laughs> on them. The yeah. they, they did all right against the Colts. I'm not going to blame their defense too much against the Colts because they couldn't stay on the field. Um, the Vikings offense. The per- first yeah, two was... season, they had the lowest average time of possession. It was worse than the freaking Jets. And that's how you know you're doing bad. <laughs> when, you're, when you're behind the Jets on something, you've got to really take a hard look in the mirror and just say, what the fuck are we doing, man? <laughs> yeah, unless it's turnovers. If you're behind the Jets in any statistical category, that needs to improve, and it needs to improve quickly. Or else you're really going to be in the dumpster. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, um, yeah, we went over the Eagles tie, the Bills-Rams game. I guess uh, we didn't get your thoughts on the Bills-Rams game. What you, would you think about that? Well, I, I was watching the Falcons game at uh, the time, and then I was like, kind of just like checking the score on my phone or whatever. But, and I, I like, God, dude, that was just, that was a weird game too. Like, high, I, I just don't. I didn't think it'd be that high-scoring affair. I did not think both teams were going to score 30 points. I thought it'd be more around, like, mid-20s. But yeah. I, I do, like, I mean, like, the Bills came back and they, they showed up when they needed to and made a couple plays. And, uh, like, that Rams defense is good. Like, they did put 35 points up against the Rams defense. So maybe their offense is, like, kind of turning that corner, you know? Like, Josh Allen's figured th- some things out in his third full year. He's got some experience. This is where you want him to make some headway. And uh, that game worries me literally nothing on the Rams. You know, you came back from a pretty huge deficit. You had a lead at one point. You didn't close it out. That's fine. You're not going to win every game. You know, the Rams <laughs> still play in the hardest division in the league, and they match up, I think, pretty well against the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Seahawks, which is all winnable games for them. And the in the season, like, yeah, you lost to the Bills, and now you're kind of, like, back in the standings, only a game. But you still have – like, those games are so much more meaningful, especially how those three teams – especially how that whole division has gotten onto starts. And, like we said, that would just kind of, like, run through teams, you know. So, like, I they're still – ground for the Rams to really jump out and take the bull by the horn. Yeah, my ending thoughts for, before we end the podcast, Bills-Rams, is I am nervous about the Bills' defense. I think that, like the Seahawks, um, I'm not sure the Bills will be able to just keep this offensive pace up as we get farther into the season. Um, so I, I, I want to see improvement out of the Bills' defense because – Yes, the Bills have been playing well, and their offense looks really good. Stephon Diggs seems like a great pickup. Cole Beasley is doing what he did last year. John Brown is still really good. Um, Devin Singletary's picked up his game here, especially with Zach Moss being out. But if their defense can't play better, then I think that we're going to see the Bills take a little bit of a dip in in how like their perceived value almost, mm-hmm. um, especially as as gamblers like. 
I think coming up, like, let's say they come out here and they smack the Raiders this week and they put up another 40 points. Like, I'm just, no, the, the Raiders defense has proven they're bad. They're not, they're not, they're bad, but they're not elite. They're nowhere near elite. They're just too young and not too raw. So, um, after that, like, I'd be a little bit wary of some of these bills spread if they start getting out of control as we get, as we start creeping to like that second half of the season. Um, and the other thing is, uh, yeah, like what you were saying, this season is, has really cemented to me that, that McVay is insane. <laughs> the, the, not that that's a surprise, but the schemes he's coming up with watching the tape, yeah. man, I'll tell you what, he's got defenses running circles, trying to figure out where the ball is, where it's going. And he is just absolutely incredible. And it's not only just that his schemes, he's gotten the knack for calling now the right plays in the right situations. Um, kind of like, you know, how in the Super Bowl, Belichick was trying to follow him around where he was to almost try and get a read on him. I think he's he's almost learned from that. And he's now using that against defensive coordinators because it seems like they're always in the right play call for every situation. Um, yeah. So I, I am... I think that while the Rams, they don't have the best talented team in the roster in terms of their entire roster. Obviously, they have top quality players, but they they don't have the depth that may that may be needed to as like a traditional Super Bowl team. Like you just look at the teams that have made the Super Bowl previous years, like the 49ers, the Chiefs, um, the Rams, you know, the Eagles. A couple years ago, I mean, they had the Rams like a couple years ago when they had more talent than they do now in terms of depth, at least like they may not have that, but they might be able to make a run because McVay is able to to yeah. like fill in the gap between the depth. He just is able to elevate guys like almost Belichick is able to on defense. McVay is really he he's not that he's he wasn't before, but. He's really cemented to me that he is kind of like the Belichick of offense. He just needs to do it for longer before he can really have that amount of street cred. But my God, he is so good. Yeah, I agree. Like McVay's going to win them games, you know. Like right, they're not they're not the same Rams team we saw in the Super Bowl two years ago. But going off that Super Bowl when they what scored only three points, you know he he blames that he blamed that loss on him. You know, I think he's kind of like. He's taken that and, like, he can kind of look at the – I think he looks at that other team's D.C. and is just like, dude, you're not going to stop us today. Like, I'm going to figure out some kind of way where I can put up four more touchdowns and you're going to have to match us, you know? Well, yeah, especially with last year facing a lot of adversity. I mean, the Rams were a team that everyone expected last year to have a good offensive production. Their offense struggled in a lot of games, so – Run the ball. I think that, you know, he really learned from last year and, and and the struggles that they were having. They had a lot of offensive line injuries up front, but now I think that he's, you know, schematically figured out. Um, because I, I think last year, because when the Rams were first having success, I was saying um, that they were more of like a vertical football team. They were a team that was gashing you with big plays. Like, for example, in that Chiefs-Rams game, everyone remembers the primetime game where there was like thousands of points scored. I mean, you saw that that both teams were hitting 
were hitting vertical plays down the field, gashing plays 30, 40 yards plus. And the Rams, not that they don't do that anymore, because obviously they still do, but they've almost, they're, they're adapting more to the way that like someone like a Sean Payton would play the game, where it's, okay, we're going to sustain a drive, it's going to be methodical, five, six like yards of play, then we're going to hit you on play action, do a bunch of different stuff. We'll have Jared Goff in the pocket, moving out of the pocket, left, right, z- inside zone, outside zone, hitting a mm-hmm. bunch of different guys, you know, multiple tight ends. So I think that we've almost seen McVay, you know, t- take more of a, a take what the defense gives me approach. We're going to play more adapt football, like to what you're doing more so than, we're going to play our game no matter what you're doing. I think he learned from that last year. They, they tried to to do what was working for them during that Super Bowl season. Teams adapted, stopped them, and then, you know, combined with some injuries, McVay had to reevaluate his, his scheme and his system and say, listen, we can't try to just gash teams vertically all the time and always score every possession. We need to be more methodical, play more field position, and, and just, you know, create – offense for what the defense has given us you know yeah i totally agree 100 percent. but yeah with that being said this episode is running very long um we're gonna cut it here if you made it this far thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it um if you haven't checked out the third and 20 website we have constant content coming on on there there's gonna be a lot more coming out Check out the Third and Twenty Dynasty podcast if you're if you're into more fantasy football and you want more fantasy football advice. Um, they've got some really good stuff going on there. Um, and thank you so much for listening and peace out. Jesus. I was scared of dentists and the dark. I was scared of pretty girls and starting conversations. Shuns a cistern in their dreams.